Yeah. You know, I said it in the book. There's not a market where people go and pick babies from. There are people who have been praying in the secret places, trusting God for a baby. He's the one who gives babies. Yeah. Don't say nasty things. Don't assume stuff that you don't know. Don't say even even if the person had aborted ten pregnancies today, they're a believer. Don't yeah. keep bringing up their past. Yeah, you know, don't keep bringing up their past. God is the one who redeems. He can still pick them up from where they were at. Yeah. So it just pains me that people, our society, they're just they're yeah. very very insensitive, very insensitive. And I keep saying nobody. There's no. They make themselves like I call them womb polices. You yeah. know. And it's not even like they're genuinely happy for you, even if you have one child. Yeah. You know the bond number two. It's none oh, of yeah. your business. Yeah. <laughs> it's none of your business. Yeah. Shut up. I'm sorry. It's none of yeah. your business. When the number two comes, you would see. You don't know people's family planning. Maybe I just want one, you know? Yeah. So we don't we don't need to leave up to societal pressures and I mean it's it's just too much. It's just too much. People yeah. My community, African community, please be sensitive. There are people who have issues, fibroids. You know, if somebody, just to play safe, don't even, just wait until yeah. somebody has a baby if you can't tell, you know. Yeah, just wish people well, regardless. Just wish people yeah. well, yeah. Just wish people well, you know. And people usually on IVF and all those things, on hormones, that you know, they start looking, I mean, yeah. it makes them gain weight. Yeah. And then... You look at somebody, how you over fat soul. This is somebody who you don't know how you don't many build rounds the person has gone through. And then you say something like that, she goes back into her closet and she balls and balls. There's nobody she can talk to and yeah. cries out to God and says, God, when, when? Some flaunt their babies in front of others who've not had babies. Why do we have to do that? Why can't we be sensitive? Yeah. You know? That's true. Yeah. That's true. Thank you so much. For sharing that, Karen, you know, you have definitely passed the message. And I really hope that our people, you know, get that message because it's it's a lot of judgment. It's a lot of finger pointing and nosiness that it's not even needed. It's not necessary. You know, like I mentioned, we just have to wish each other well. You know, Victor, like how you probably I mean, not probably I know you're not a talker, <laughs> so I would. Imagine you probably did not even entertain such conversations, but that doesn't mean that you weren't hearing, right? So how did you handle those? I didn't hear them. And I didn't, not because people were not talking. So the only way that I handled it, coming from an African background in our African community, where we realized that if people really, and it's not necessarily only African community, the world at large, I believe that if somebody cannot explain away what has really happened, then they will try to define it by their own words or by their own terms. You know, Mm -hmm. I've always said that in our African community, a very high percentage of the time when somebody passes on, we always and almost attribute it to something else. Yeah. Yeah. We point a finger to this person or we point a finger to this circumstance or we point a finger to this situation. You know, but when you're up in the NICU, having a baby with an Abgas called two, you're an African. And you turn around in that NICU and you see Americans who have babies in that NICU with the same Abgas called two. 
What is it in their background that you can explain that this is the reason why that American has that baby with an August cost too? Right. You know, so it is not any circumstance that the woman, like she said, if you not touch bitter, Lydia had no bitter. Mm-hmm. That would not be an explainable circumstance for the American. So why is it an explainable circumstance, circumstance. for an African? Because we consider ourselves that we're all human. And so looking at it from that perspective, that is probably one of the reasons why I never entertained the thought of hearing anybody trying to tell me maybe because of this, that this is happening to you. Because when you're in that NICU and you look at kids that are in the NICU, the kids from all backgrounds, the Americans, the Chinese, the Africans, and the one explanation that the doctor would give across the board all of them is that something happened to them in the womb and this is why they came out this way like in our case there was a placenta rupture Mm -hmm. so something happened in the womb and that rupture can happen to anybody and i believe that um when we go when we go down the road if you if i mean if you get to that point but i think you had asked a question and karine had answered before and one of the things is that like I said earlier, we have never talked about it. Yeah. We've never entertained discussions about it. Trust mm-hmm. me. None of our family members, none, not from her side, not from my side, has had the courage to come up to ask and ask. Yeah. Yes. And that's just because I think we have made it either verbally or just from our posture that this is an area where you do not have to go to. And and I believe that um, in doing that, we pretty much have tried as much as possible. Or what we've benefited from that is that we've ended up not blaming one another for our circumstances. And I believe that most of the time when you see people who've gone through similar circumstances and then they end up not being able to continue through, <laughs> is that one, they start to blame themselves. Yeah. And then after they start to blame themselves, they start to blame each other, you know. And so not blaming ourselves or not blaming each each other, I believe, is one of the things that has helped us in our journey. Yeah, that's very true. Thank you so much. And, you know, it's very commendable. I just want to also commend you as well, because in our patriarchal society, in the African community, the man always lets the, or the father always lets the responsibility of taking care of the child on the mother, right? And especially in in the West here, that could tend to really strain the marriage as well, just because, you know, just taking care of a healthy baby is so overwhelming to begin with. And then having a sick child and the man just thinks, expects to come home and have dinner set and he eats and then he goes and does his things, you know, not even really investing or being present, investing that time to really take care of the child. You know, it's, it's something that um, I really want to commend you on because Regardless of what happened, you were there, you know, also taking equal care of the child, you know, at least to the best of, you know, how a man can do, because at some point you cannot breastfeed the child, right? So, (laughs) you know, so yeah, thank you so much, because I honestly feel like, you know, most of our men, they, they just leave the responsibility of the home or even the marriage to an extent 
to the woman to just or even the relationship with the kids but i mean i've not been married for so long but i i definitely know that a marriage is better when like two people you know are actively working towards you know taking care of things towards the home towards the children and everything and one person is not that stressed you know so thank you for showing that example and i hope that many more african men can can follow suit <laughs> Yeah. So I just say something real quick. Uh-huh. Okay. So when Eliana was here, yes. um Karine's cousin was getting married in Cameroon. Mm-hmm. And so Karine had to go to Cameroon and she took Jesse with him. Mm-hmm. With her. So she took Jesse with her. Mm-hmm. So it was just me and Eliana at oh, home boy. for 10 days. Oh my God. <laughs> I can tell you, honestly. That was the best 10 days that I have had oh, wow. in my life. I have pictures of me and her on my phone that only I have seen. Oh. And it's going to stay that way. Oh. It was the best 10 days. I didn't have to go to work. So I'll get up in the morning, give her her bed, feed her. And then it's just going to be me and her at home for 10 days. It was the best 10 days I've oh. had. And those are priceless memories. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. I hope the men are hearing. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And okay. So going back to your journey, which, you know, at some point in the book, I was like, well, is this, is this going to end or what? Like, is this <laughs> like, what's going on here? You know, I mean, I feel like what you both have experienced in the short amount of time that you've been on earth. I mean, I know my grandparents probably have not even experienced half of that, you know. So now you guys are back to trying to conceive and then you have the miscarriage again. And well, not again, you didn't have it before, but, you know, just losing a child again, you know. And then we have Josiah coming in, right? Going back to, you know, just before you had Josiah, right? And having that experience with the miscarriage. At this point, you know, I don't know if, well, I would think that, I mean, I know you explained a few things, Karen, but at this point, right? Like, where were both of you in terms of just expectations in life? Like, I don't even know how to ask that question, but (laughs) because it's like, it's like you always find yourself hitting a wall every time you want to like get up and like move forward. So like, where were you in terms of just like, okay, like, you know, this is definitely a huge detour from like what we had expected when we got married. Like what is going on here? Like, where were you in that space? With Josiah's, is that what you're talking about? No, 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 with with the miscarriage before you had Josiah. Oh, 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 with the, (laughs) you know, (laughs) sometimes you go through, like the experiences that I've gone through, you feel the pain in that moment. You know, I remember walking out of the OBGYN's office that day. I don't think I told him that same day because I did not even know how to communicate that to him. I felt like, you know, like you, you've talked about men. Yeah. I knew deep down he was expectant. And so it was like I was coming to crush his hopes, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So 
I felt pain and I could tell even my doctor looking at me that day, like I was looking at his face, you know, and I could see that, okay, something was not right. But then he did not even know the words to use to tell me what was going on, you know. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, I shed a tear and then I was like, okay, you know what? It's okay. I walked out of there, got into my car. I wept, you know, I cried, I cried, I cried. And then I was like, I remember just saying, I said, God, you have to be up to something, you know, like it's, I don't get it. You know, it's all out of my hands, you know? So yeah. And then I got out of there, but I know I told him the next day. So it's just, I don't know. It's like you're shocked. You've become, I don't know. For lack of a better word, maybe because of the experience now you learn how to handle it better. Yeah. Yeah. I learned how to handle it better. Did it sting? Yes. Yeah. But again, then you, you have those ideas that those things, and then now I'm like, okay, it happened now. Good. Let my stomach not get big. And then people see, and then this, I hated people feeling sorry for me, you know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if this was going to happen, okay, let it be, you know? And yeah, that, that was my, how I processed it. Yeah. So what about you, Victor? I don't know. I think I was, I was disappointed, not in me or not in her, yeah, you yeah. know, the um, situation. So, but again, it's one of those things that I said earlier, you, when you go through life, you remember, hmm. um, you remember. And I think one of the, one of the things, this one is going back to Eliana, mm-hmm. you know, her mom was here at one point and she stayed for like maybe four or five months helping us out with Eliana and hmm. she had to go back to Cameroon. And the night that she, she was getting ready to go back to Cameroon it looks like either Eliana didn't want her to go or something. And <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> anyway, to cut a long story short, Eliana had to be rushed to the hospital. We called the ambulance and, you know, everybody came rushing. She went to the hospital. The ambulance said we could only have one parent ride in the ambulance. Mm-hmm. So she rode and I drove behind him in my car. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole time that... I was driving to the hospital. I was crying and I was cursing the devil out. I'm like, please, you better take your hands off my daughter. When I got to the hospital, she's like, your eyes are red. Were you crying? I said, no, I was not. (laughs) You know, so, but anyways, Eliana was admitted in the hospital and we had to spend, we had to go back and forth and spend time with her in the hospital at night. And so one morning when I, came back from the hospital and, you know, we bypassed. So she, she mm-hmm. went, I was sitting at the breakfast table in the kitchen and it's like all of a sudden Jesus was sitting in the chair directly across from me. Mm. I've never told this. Karen story. is like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, yeah. So he sat across from the chair from where I was sitting and we started having a conversation and I asked him, I said, why, why the two of us? Hmm. And he looked at me and he said, I don't want you to worry about this because this is not about you. Hmm. This is way bigger than you. So in that conversation, I said, okay, if you're going to use me for the benefit of some other person, then fine. I'm not going to worry about it. And so when the miscarriage happened, to me, 
it was just another and trust me at the time I did not even know that she was planning to write a book. Yeah. But to me it was just it was just another one of those things that says this is not about you, it's bigger than you. So after you've gone through the pain of dealing with it, I want you to keep moving on. <laughs> Don't get stuck in that position. And so mm-hmm. that's how I dealt with it. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Victor. That's very powerful. <laughs> you don't even know what you just did, but that's <laughs> that's very powerful for sure. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, that's a very different and new way to look at to look at it. And I really have never thought about it that way. So I want to really thank you for sharing that because You're it's just a reminder that no matter what we go through, it's really not about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bigger than us, and it's for a bigger, bigger outcome. And we go back again to Romans eight twenty eight, right? Yep. And it's for our good. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right, I, I believe when you had Karen, when you had Josiah, that's before and after. That's really when you had that encounter with God, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, it was very refreshing and eye opening when I was reading that part of the book because you know, as a Christian. You know, sometimes it's hard to have that discernment, right? When you look at all these videos of, you know, prophets, you know, they're prophets and then they're prophets who are, you know, preaching and praying on people. And then sometimes people tend to dramatize the effect. And sometimes it's real, but it's hard to have that discernment to really figure out like, okay, is is this person just acting up or are they really touched by the spirit, you know? But like writing about it is different you know, writing about that experience. Like I wasn't like watching you on TV. I was actually reading from your own experience and how yeah. you felt, you know, that kind of restored some kind of uh, belief in me, in, believe in what, you know, the doubts I used to have, you know, cause sometimes, yeah. I mean, even though still sometimes I feel like people just dramatize and they're trying to do it for the cameras, <laughs> right, you know, right. but mm-hmm. you know, it kind of, I, I, I never, I, I, you know, reading your story gave me like firsthand exposure to like how the Holy Spirit can literally have an encounter with a believer, you know, and mm. I really believed that. And, you know, I wanted us to really talk a little bit about that encounter that you had with God, just to also give people some kind of understanding or at least to realize that, okay, this is really an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have to, like you mentioned in the book, the Holy Spirit visits people differently. People have different experiences. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to like be a freezing or, you know, something before Mm -hmm. they understand Mm -hmm. that, oh yeah, this is the Holy Spirit. But I'm actually lost for words because... It was such a deep experience that you had Mm -hmm. and that you wrote about, you know, and I could literally feel like I was in the room, like witnessing all of this with you, you know. So I love how you explained it there. And I really don't want to go deeper into it. I want people to really get this book and read your own encounter with the Holy Spirit. But like, at what point did you know that, okay, this is, actually the holy spirit and like how did that strengthen your relationship with god from that whole experience that you had i don't know if i mentioned it in the book or not but after that encounter 
And the reason I shared that encounter in the book, obviously, was because the Lord was leading me to a mm-hmm. lot of my encounters. I do not share mm-hmm. even my husband sitting here. You know, I don't. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of them are so sacred yeah. that it's almost like when you share some kind of things, it's like touching his glory. It, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so it, 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 yeah. So I, I tend not to share stuff like that. Um, I just enjoy them. In my moments, you know. Yeah. But the, I will, I'll talk about the one that is mentioned in the book. And it was, since it was the first for me, I had questions too, you know, as in, okay. So when I, so after that, I began to do now my research with people, you know, I read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. So either ministries or people that I trusted. I began to do internet searches and search about encounters and stuff like what was this? And I stumbled on some blogs. There was one particular blogger, blog, yeah, blog that I stumbled on. And this person was, it was a guy and he was explaining, no, I think it was a guy who was, I believe it was his wife who had that experience and he was explaining it. Or maybe there were two different encounters, two different experiences. Mm-hmm. And there was one that was a woman, another one was a man. And when the man explained it, it's like I was there, like everything that he explained, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what happened to me. But then I I now started to ask, is it God? Is it not God? You know, what is this? What is this? Once I prayed about it and had that peace and only me knew exactly what was going on with me, you know, you can fool other people, but you can't fool yourself. Yourself, You know what I mean? So, you, you know, deep down. So I knew I knew it was God. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And I wish I could ex- I could explain why he manifests in some kinds of ways. Maybe, I don't know, to, to show that I am who I am. And mm-hmm, uh, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I, can't, I don't have an answer to that. But I, one thing I alluded to in the book is he manifests to people differently. Yeah. And depending on the situations, we seek him differently. It manifests to people differently. Now, me sharing that, I don't want somebody to hold that and maybe spend 40 days of prayer and fasting wanting what I had. Mm -hmm. Now, can you admire it and desire more with God? Yes, you can. But he may not come. He may even, he may manifest in a more... I'll, I'll let's just quote unquote dramatic. Let me put it that way, in a more dramatic way than what he showed me. But with my the issues that I was dealing with, and this is my firm belief, with everything that yeah. I was going through, God had to reveal Himself to me in the truest of ways. Yeah, I don't think any minister, not with no disrespect. I mean, of course, people mm-hmm. know I will never disrespect ministers of God, but I don't think any human. With my experiences that I I went through, could articulate who God is to me in the sense that how do you put me down to tell me that oh God loves you or when you hear people making statements that yeah God give it God take it when, when they've never well, really <laughs> walked your in your you shoes you've never walked my shoes why yeah. can he take it yours you know what I mean right yeah or say that God knows yeah God knows best but. I mean, like, yeah, so I, I needed that encounter to, to know that 
to solidify my belief in God. I think that encounter sealed it for me. Yeah. Even if I had doubts about God, like, okay, are you really there? Are you, are you, are you real? Like, why do I have to go through this? Why? So I think that encounter was the deal for me. So I think it has, it has given me a firm foundation in my faith Mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter if this earth, this house, I mean, whether the earth opens up, swallow, it, it doesn't matter what happens. I believe in God. Like, I don't, I don't care what, and I have seen literally, I have experienced God, Yeah, you know? So yeah, a person like me with such a heavy load, I needed that. Yeah. I really did need it. Yeah. And either it was, God had to meet me at that point, or I don't know, I, I needed it. Maybe I would have doubted him at some point down the line. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that you said heavy load, because when I was reading this part of the book, mm-hmm. like there's one word that was at the back of my mind. I was just like breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Like that's what I was just like resonating at the back of my mind. And, you know, it's interesting as well that you had. Well, both of you mentioned that you really never spoke about this whole experience. Mm-hmm. And at the back of my mind, I was like, oh, my God, if I don't talk about such an experience that I'm going through, I probably would just explode. Like I would be like, it's like a weight in me that, you know, not necessarily talking even to someone like as in going to a friend or whatever, but like just looking for a place to release sometime an outlet. And when I read that, I honestly felt, especially when you had like those bouts of laughter and like you were just, I felt like you were releasing. I don't, Mm -hmm. I may not be accurate, but I honestly felt like, you were literally placing that load at the foot of the cross. Like you were just releasing Mm -hmm. and releasing and releasing. It's like everything that you had been through, like the years was just coming out. And, you know, that's a feeling that I had. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if, you know, it's accurate Mm -hmm. enough, but, you know, thank you so much for sharing that because I honestly, I aspire to have such an encounter, not the same thing you went through, but just to have a breakthrough encounter with the Holy Spirit and just, you know, that's what I aspire, you know? Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for sharing that. Victor, did you have like any, you you don't necessarily have to have had a similar experience, but like, was there any moment where you just had some kind of, you know, with everything that happened, you know, and also with your, you know, with your own personal relationship with God or, you know, with the way you also handled everything, was there a moment that you found your own breakthrough or was there a moment where you found your own, in addition to gardening, (laughs) you found your own like outlet to release, you know, like just to, to release because I mean, at the end of the day, we're humans, right? And no matter what life throws at us, at some point we will have to find I don't want to say an outlet per se. I mean, it could be God too. You know, you just having that conversation with God could have might as well have also been an outlet. Just you questioning and asking, you know, because at the end of the day, we are trained to think rationally, right? But if you really, really want to understand God, you have to know that God is not rational. (laughs) Yeah. So like, did you have any kind of experience? Well, I mean, I, I narrated one earlier when I said I had a moment where Jesus sat directly yeah. across yeah. the kitchen table with directly across the, uh, from me at the kitchen table. Yeah. The other thing is that I said earlier that always remember where your place of protection or your place of we always remember where your fortress is. Mm-hmm. You know, and and one of the things that in all of this 
is that at no point in time for both of us, at no point in time, with all the questions that we had that had no answers, at no point in time did we ever say, you know what, we're just going to give up on God. Yeah. Yeah. At no point in time did we ever get to that point of saying, we have all these questions, we're asking all these questions, and we're not getting answers. So at this point in time, we're just going to pull away from you. So I think the longer it took for him to give us answer, it only drew us closer and closer to him. Yeah, that's very, very true. And, you know, there's actually, I, I, I believe the evidence I also found in that was the birth of Josiah, right? Because he's evidence that you guys never give up on God. Because <laughs> if you give up on God, you will have probably given up on yourself. And, your, you know, your ability to continue trying to conceive. And, you know, I can just imagine, you know, how much he changed your lives. You know, I mean, every single baby that you guys had has changed your life has impacted your life one way or the other, you know. And now Josiah was born and he is as healthy as can be. And I'm sure he's running around the place and <laughs> and reminding you guys why <laughs> why you prayed for him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean like how has he impacted your lives? I think now answer it with a question that I've had some people ask me. If I had to change anything, hmm. would I change yeah, anything in my life, would I change anything? I probably will not. Yeah. I know it sounds because honestly my experiences have just shaped me into who I am. I'm just a better person. Yeah. than who I used to be, yeah. you know. And so with Josiah coming in, it's been a 360, you know, I didn't even, you know, at that point you were like, okay, you just want to be a baby old girl, but he had to just come the way he was. He, he was, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uniquely made, you, I mean, Jesse and Josiah, there's a huge gap, but Jesse, so did you think, Okay, Josiah is two and a half. You yeah. should get over him by now, you know. <laughs> but it's like he wakes up in the morning. He is run before he brushes his teeth. He's running downstairs to come say hi to Josiah. He's they play like you think, yeah. So it's like the best thing that happened to him since life. It's like I mean I don't know. So maybe it's making up for those years. I you know. But it, it's it's so for me as mom, the my biggest joy. Is seeing both of is seeing yeah. I mean, of course, I love each of them individually. Yeah. But it's seeing Jesse with Josiah. Yeah, them interacting. You know, yeah. Them interacting. That is the biggest joy. That's the greatest joy for me, aside from you know our me and him and each of them. But just just observing them and seeing how Jesse is just uh, all over the place with yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that gives me joy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. What about you, Victor? Yeah. <laughs> the answer to this question might fill a whole book. So yeah. I'm going to try to be brief. Yeah. After Nasia and Eliana and the baby that we lost through miscarriage, I got to the point where my prayer was no longer for me. You know, I was praying to God because Jesse has friends. Yeah. And all of his friends have siblings. Yeah. 
And so every time that he sees his friends, he sees his friends with their siblings. And in his case, when Nasia passed away, he really wasn't aware. But when Eliana passed, he was aware that he had a sibling who passed on. So I really didn't know how he, Jesse, was dealing with it. Because, I mean, in all of this, you've asked us how we've dealt with it. But yeah. there was another person in that equation. Jesse, that yeah. was Jesse. Yeah. You know, so I really, I really didn't know how Jesse was dealing with the fact that he was an only child, not by choice, mm-hmm. but by circumstances that have happened around him. Yeah. And so after the miscarriage, pretty much my prayer was that, please don't do it for me. Give us another child for Jesse. Hmm. I just need one for him, you know? And so when, when Josiah came, he was an answered prayer and it gave me an experience that I had never had before. Yeah. Which I'd always wanted to have. See, because when we first got married, I had somebody tell me, he said, if you really, really want to appreciate the sacrifice that your spouse would do for you, be with her in the delivery room. Hmm. And with Josiah, that was the first time that I was in the delivery room. Wow. Because Jesse was an emergency. Nasia, I was in Cameroon. Eliana was an emergency. Yeah. And so with Josiah, I was there. Yeah. I was present. When they took him out, in five minutes, they handed him to me, and I looked at him. Wow. 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 I felt that. Tears of joy. I know. <laughs> I felt that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he was perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> He was perfect. And he is such a joy to be around. Yeah. He's a grown man in a two-year-old body. <laughs> yeah. 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 But he he is the answer to every question. Yeah. Yes. That's true. And like Karin said, if somebody were to ask me that, is there anything that you would want to change? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think I want to change anything. Because when you look at Josiah, you appreciate how much God cares about you. When I look at him, I appreciate how much God cares about me, my wife, and Jesse. Because Josiah completes the story. Yeah. You see his eyes, you know he's on a mission. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. I love it. I love when you said he completes the mission. Yeah, thank you. Oh my God, my heart. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. There's just something about your story that I I feel like I have a couple more times to read this book, you know, you know, just to remind myself about you know, certain things or certain times when I may, you know, hit rock bottom 
or when I may hit a wall, you know. And honestly, I feel like this book needs to be in everybody's <laughs> nightstand. Mm. <laughs> you know, I really want to encourage everyone, you know, to get this book, Jehovah Has Healed. And as Victor said, Josiah basically was that anxiety prayer. He brought so much healing, I would imagine, to to your hearts. He mm. just is basically Jehovah in human form, <laughs> as we all are, but he's special, right? You know, I, 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 I can just feel it in my heart. Like, you know, when you guys are talking, you know, I can just feel it in my heart. Like I can picture him just running around the place and just being the life of the whole house, you know? So, you know, I just thank God for his life. Thank God for, you know, him having parents as you guys and a sibling as Jesse and even Ileana and Nasia as well. Let's definitely not forget them. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, we're, we're going to be done soon. There's so much that we've spoken about. And I thank you guys for, you know, sticking around. But I just wanted us to end this conversation with, you know, the message to our community. You know, like I'd mentioned, I honestly had no idea what you guys were going through. I really did not. I mean, I had a little bit of an idea, but I didn't have that much idea until I read the book. You know, I typically am not the one to, you know, ask like certain questions, especially when it has to do with, you know, people's personal lives, you know, for Mm -hmm. example. But then again, I honestly feel like those offensive questions don't even come from intentional asking. (laughs) They come from people that just care, but they don't know how to show that they care, you know. They come from just side comments. You know, they come from just jokes, you know, Mm -hmm. in quotes, but they're not really jokes. And we tend to do that a lot. And I would not even exclude myself from it. Sometimes we do that without even knowing, you know, sometimes we tend to overcare or at least put ourselves in situations that we weren't even called for. Our opinion wasn't even warranted Mm -hmm. in that situation. So I just wanted you guys to use this opportunity to just pass out a piece of advice. I know Karen, you had already mentioned so much about, you know, people asking insensitive questions and you even wrote in the book, you know, I think you were saying in our community, when you're married, even that whole song in nine months time, it's like that pressure is already on. If I tell you my child is nine months and people are already asking when I'm going to have another one, you know, I mean, I, I don't even have a chance to ovulate yet because I'm still breastfeeding and people are asking me, when I'm going to have another child, you know? So, and everyone is asking out of care or concern or, you know, hey, it's good to have them together so that, you know, they grow up together or, you know, you don't want to wait too long and, you know, things like that. But, you know, all of that, I think is uncalled for. (laughs) And, you know, especially when people are going through stuff and I imagine you guys must have also been thrown certain insensitive words, you know. So I just wanted you guys to use this as an opportunity. Caring from a woman's perspective, you've said some stuff, but if you want to add to that. And then also, Victor, I want you to give that to from a man's perspective as well. You know, just advising our community to be more sensitive. And also, especially with respect to men, to be sensitive about how men feel, even though they may not show it, you know. So I'll give the floor to you guys. Yeah, like I've already talked about a lot. So the only thing I would add is I know there's an adage that say, I don't think it's an adage, but I've heard it in our community that something about a problem 
how to share it's a problem or solved or something like that. I don't know. Like like share, you never know who has like if you get sick, talk for some person, like you don't know who has the solution to your yeah. sickness, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I sort of I agree and I disagree at the same time with that statement because much of our people, not everybody, some, sometimes people just like gist, okay? Gossip, yeah. Yes, just gossip. They don't necessarily, they don't, they don't pray for you. They don't, you know, I don't, yeah. they don't pray for you. Yeah. So why, why you just want to hear something and then go tell the next person who's going to tell the next person. So what I would tell people out there, my community is, if you have, and I'm specifically on, let me just be specific now on women's issues. Mm-hmm. And you can apply it to any other area, but since we're on this, I'll talk about this. It's okay if people don't want to share their issues with you. Mm-hmm. Don't take offense to it. And if you have a friend who's sort of pulled back, if they're dealing with issues, sometimes people just need their personal space. And yeah. I'm an example to that. Some people, I'm, by nature, I'm an introvert. Some people who are extroverts, maybe they get their energy by going all over the place, even if they're dealing with issues. That would just suck all the energy out of me. I could not do that. Mm-hmm. And so I spend a lot of time in those reading. Mm-hmm. Reading, like besides reading the Word of God, I will read my Bible and I will read a lot, a ton of books, you know, and every and it was all inspirational books, nothing mm-hmm. scary, anything. It was stuff that had to feed my spirit, man. I would read and read and read. And so that's how I was, that's how I was coping, you know. Now, some friends maybe out there who think, oh, maybe Karen is withdrawn. She's not talking to anybody. She's not blah, 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 blah. Just give, give them slack, yeah. Yeah. you know, give them, give them that time. You know, you, it's okay to check on them, text them, call them. If they don't pick up, it's okay mm-hmm. for them not to pick up. Don't pick a beef with somebody because you called them twice and they did not pick up, especially when they're dealing with issues. You know, just shoot them a text and say, just to let you know, we're thinking of you. If you know somebody who has a special needs child, the ways we had friends who they offered to just come and even just spend a day, you know, with the kid and just let us, you know, yeah. get away. Take a break. Um, yeah. You take a break. Exactly. Those are the ways that you can help because sometimes some people really don't know, yeah. you know, sometimes if you're going to the store, you can text them and say, Hey, I'm at the store. I'm just checking. Is there anything that you would need? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the ways to step in and help. And it's, it's just, you know, and I'm saying all this, let's hope that your friend is not going through, you know, sometimes people can lock themselves up like that and they're really going through depression. I'm not yeah. saying just ignore your friend, you know, yeah. kind of read the signs and know when you need to step in, you know, mm-hmm. to get them help. Maybe some people don't know how to get help. For me, it was it was God, you know. My life was church, yeah. work, home. You know, it still is. That's where I gain my strength. That's how I find my energy. So, yeah, to be sensitive. And then for our mothers, and when I say mothers, the... You know, our mothers, motherly figures. Yeah, yeah. Many of them, they're not, you know, cultures have changed, okay? And they're not mean. They're really nice. Yeah. I don't know how I can break into that community. Like I said, you know, some of them can even come, oh, I will, you know, like when 
that you go born with, no. you know. <laughs> they're saying it, they're, they're saying it from a from a good place. Yeah. But you know, concern, just that, like you know, yeah. the motherly, yeah. <laughs> the motherly, thing, you know. So now I'm talking to people like also going through those situations. Don't take it personal, especially when it's from those older folks. You mm-hmm. know, it can be annoying. But you can't change, yeah. what do they say, this thing that's already bent. You, you can't, <laughs> I don't think they're going to, you can't straighten them up. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I, when I found myself in such situations, I ran away from them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I avoided, <laughs> you went, went to avoid them and stuff like that. So that's mm-hmm. just how to manage those ones. But yeah, so specifically for our generation, don't be a uterus police, you know, um, there are people around you. If you pray, if you know that there's somebody who's trusting God for Dr. Wong and you're sincerely, you sincerely want that person to be able to carry their own child, pray for them. Yeah. Pray for them. That's true. When prayers go up, blessings come down, pray for them. Don't just talk about them, pray for them and just pray for them. Don't talk about them. Yeah, that's very true. Every um, time you, you're tempted to talk about them, just say prayer like father, you know, I, you know, speak blessings and, you know, break whatever, just, just speak blessings upon their life and decree and declare that mm-hmm. in due time, they shall carry their own children. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. What about you, Victor? I mean, I really don't know how to, how to put in words, you know, because yeah. we, we, we know that not only, we, we know that men in general, across the board, whether it be from Africa or from all parts of the world, men tend to have this macho type feeling about them. And so if you're going through stuff, you know, people would talk. People would say what they want to say. You really don't have any control over that. Mm-hmm. So my advice is find your place. Find your place where you know that this is where I will get my peace of mind. This is where I can hide myself and not have to deal with all the stuff that people are saying. Because since you can't control what people say, learn to filter out the stuff that are not going to help you, Mm -hmm. you know, and take in the ones that will help you. That pretty much for me is how I dealt with it. Stuff that it's really not going to help me, I just tend to let it slide off my back. And then the ones that I knew were going to be beneficial to me, I let those sink in. While at the same time, uh, knowing that this was my place of refuge, if I had to escape, so pretty much have an escape plan. You know, if you had to escape from all of the stuff that is happening around you to a quiet place, to a place where you have your peace, then make sure you have that at the back of your mind. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you both so much for sharing your story. You know, I would have loved to ask what you would say to people who are going through something similar, but honestly, everything is in this book. Like I'm not necessarily even going through something similar, but there's so many things that I can learn from this book, you know, and Mm -hmm. I really, again, want to really vouch to tell people to read this book and it will change your life for sure. Especially as parents, it will definitely change your life. And by the way, when you read the book, make sure to leave a review (laughs) as well, because this book actually is so powerful. And 
You know, there's one last thing I want to end with, which, you know, is basically the last thing that you wrote in the book, Karen. And you said, you know, we were talking about the spirit of fear and you were saying that never is it of God. And when you submit to it, it takes charge and controls you. You cower into it and become its puppet or slave. I break every spirit of fear that may have kept you bound in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys so much. God bless you. So many more blessings that I'm wishing you away. You know, God will definitely reward you for everything that the devil has taken away from you. And may God keep you guys. May God satisfy you with long life. You know, I just wish all good things, you know, blessings upon your family and your generation. Thank you so much for sharing this story. And I don't know if there's any last thing you want to say before we shut yeah, out. <laughs> I feel the need, if it's okay, I don't know, to just yes. release for those who have been listening to the podcast to just to say a prayer. Yeah. For those who are trusting God for the food of the womb. Amen. That's okay, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Father, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I just thank you for every listener on this podcast. I sincerely just pray for those who are trusting you for the foot of the womb, oh God. Yes. Father, that you will release your blessing upon them. Father, you see your covenant, you will not break, nor will you alter the words that have gone out of your lips, Lord. Your word does not go out and come back void without accomplishing what you sent it out to do. Amen. We command every block to, to open up now in the name of Jesus. We Jesus. command every woman who has been trusting you for the fruit of the womb, that they shall take it and keep those babies to full time in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for successful pregnancies. Your yeah. words say that none shall miscarry among thee. We declare that there shall be no miscarriages in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you even for, they say, low sperm count. We cancel every low sperm count in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, that those who are believing you, that even as they listen to this podcast, that as it carries the life of God, Father, that they shall conceive in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. For everybody, who, anybody who has fibroids, I command those fibroids to shrink in the name of Jesus. Amen. Any tubes that may be blocked, whether fellow tube or whatever, they will open up. Father, there is nothing that you cannot do. Amen. Father, there is nothing that is impossible with you. That Amen. those who have even given up, Lord, that through this podcast and even through reading this book, oh Lord, that their hope Amen. shall come back, that this shall build the hope in them, that they should believe and know that they can conceive, oh Lord, that they will rest in you and Amen. you alone. For so those who are carrying burdens that are more than them to bear. I pray that they just lay it at your feet, oh God, and that you will uplift every burden in the name of Jesus, that Amen. they will take refuge in you, oh God, that you will just carry their cares, Father, and give them a peace of mind. Amen. We bless your name in Jesus' Jesus. name we pray. Amen. 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 Oh, thank you so much. This Amen. is such a, an Amen. awesome Amen. recording. I can't wait for people to hear it, honestly. Amen. Thank you guys. Thank you both so You're much. Welcome. And God bless thank you. Thank you so much, Javi. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. And I, I hope that, you know, this conversation does not end here and that mm -hmm. people can carry on these conversations and the lessons that they've learned into their circles. So I really want to thank you guys again. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you. See ya. Thank you. Thank thank you. you. Bye. Thanks.